Good evening and welcome to tonight's show. Um, we're here to uh, do as they do in Festivus, kind of. We're going to have an airing of grievances, I suppose. That would be the best way to put it. We're going to discuss. I already see my guest. He's shaking his head in disapproval in the digital green room. He's not pleased at all on like numerous levels here. Um, so let's let's be uh, good friends and 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 open our ears and listen intently on what the situation is, what is going on, what the problem is. Uh, just to let you know, we are running a T-shirt contest right now. It's a giveaway. Uh, answer the trivia question at the end of this show to win a free t-shirt i'm gonna play you the rules right now real quick and then we'll bring out our guest i'm going to be doing a live show every single day i'm going to be giving away a t-shirt at the end of every episode i will ask my trivia question you will send your answer to fromismail at gmail.com and the first person to answer correctly will be the winner you give me your name your address and your t-shirt size if you are outside of the continental United States, you will have to cover shipping and handling. Join us night after night where I will be doing t-shirt giveaways. Who doesn't like a free t-shirt? I'm not going to go easy on any of you. I'm going to ask really hard questions. So be prepared. All right. So our special guest, he doesn't realize this. He's going to think of a trivia question. He'll come up with the trivia question at the end of the show. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce an old friend. Uh, we go way back. Uh, I used to live in Chicago. He used to live in Chicago. Um, we used to have such fun times together, and he's always been. We don't we don't speak on a regular basis, but he's always been a good friend. And whenever we do speak, it's always wonderful. And um, you know, this has kind of been a long time since even before I started podcasting when I was going live you know, just on Facebook because it was like pandemic times. I was bored. Like, you know, Louie, he would, he dropped in, you know, a couple of times into the stream and whatnot, and it never materialized into having him on the show until now, but he's very familiar with all this stuff. So I am uh, really, really stoked, truly stoked to have my friend Louie Carr join us um, as we talk about the backstabbers known as uh, Ticketmaster. Hi, Louie. Hey. How are you? I'm, I'm fine, you know? Yeah. Still totally relaxed. Yeah. You know? That's good. Is calm. You know? Yeah. You see, okay. I, I see what you're, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down here. Um, can well, I ask a question? How's the, how's the weather down in where you are? Is everything it's hot. It's hot. hot? Extremely hot. We haven't yeah. seen rain in like, two months it's been over a hundred for like three months do you have do you have grass no no i don't that's a good thing it's you know it's no point grass is psychotic by the way it, like the, yeah. the concept of what grass is is i mean that's another topic for another day but grass is a fast fascist notion mm -hmm. it's a psychotic fascist notion and it's insane that we have grass, but that's, we're not talking about that tonight. We're not. Uh, we're talking about, so I pulled up YouTube. And yeah. you know what the, uh, do you know what the ad was? What? Live Nation. Oh. Isn't that funny? 
they they got is a subsidiary of Live Nation. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not mad about it because like it's like being mad at like like a giant. I don't know. It's I mean, I'm mad about it, but it's not like shocking. You know, there's nothing. It's just, this is day to day. I mean, it's not too different from your industry. You know, it's not too different from the movie industry. It's every entertainment oh. industry unregulated is always going to default to like predatory behaviors because Greed. capitalism. Right. You know, we participate. Well, the music industry was governed for so long by the distribution of the music. You know, there was a very limited way that you could distribute any of it, you know, go back a hundred years from a hundred years ago to now radio vinyl, you know, what much, what much ways you could get music out there for people to just hear it. You know, live shows were kind of it kind of the big, right. big it. I mean, it's not too different now. You know, I'd say that's the, like, probably if you're talking about, well, live shows are still a commodity for musicians at this point in time. Big commodity. Because theoretically, <clears throat> it should be the most direct financial route between fan and artist. You should be able to yeah. sell merch directly to your customer. You should be able to sell the music directly to your customer. You should be able to take in all of those funds. But uh, as we've seen over the pandemic, like so over the pandemic, a lot of the the issues have been amplified because we had live nation getting huge inf uh, infusions of cash from foreign entities using that cash to hoover up independent venues across the country, which I love it. Buy more, stretch yourself thin more because it's fucking hard to run a venue. It's hard to be profitable and these people are going to find out the same way that Zillow found out. You can't just buy a venue and be successful. You can't just buy a venue and... You mean like Elon Musk and Twitter? Well, yeah. <laughs> that was dumb from, from the jump. But all these big corporations like <coughs> BlackRock and, you know, even, you know, everyone's favorite billionaire grandfather, um, Warren Buffett, you know, they're all pieces of shit. Yeah. You know, and they, they've got this hubris that if they dump enough cash into something, it'll become profitable. They'll be able to exploit it. And in a lot of cases, they're right. But in art and entertainment, it's a lot more difficult than that. And anyway, over the pandemic, you had all of these independent clubs going live nation. And it's essentially created, especially for cities not like Austin or Los Angeles or New York, or some of the larger or even mid-tier cities that uh, still have uh, live music venues outside of them. You know, like House of Blues. Any House of Blues now is Live Nation, and it has been for a while. But, I mean, my point is, like, it's essentially put a chokehold on where a lot of musicians theoretically could play. But that's the idea, right? You control everything. You know, you control the fan experience, you control the artist experience, and you profit off of them at every step of the way. But here's the thing. Like, for the artist I manage, you know, it's different. It's various. I, I manage three artists, uh, Jackie Benson, Clue and the Electric Joint, and Aaron Stevens. And they're all at different area, various stages of their careers because, you know, music isn't 
formulaic. There are certain tried and true best practices, but it's individualized to each artist. And it's really individualized to each venue too. Um, you take, for example, a musician out of a small Live Nation club, or and you've just got a shitty bar with overpriced beer. You know? You take the musician out of those clubs, you still have a musician. You still have a music. You know? So being able to like throttle the industry, it's just it's just not possible. Not in the way that I think they want it to be. And that's partly because of what I just explained and partly because we live in a time where you can't throttle the distribution of the music anymore. For example, Jackie was the number 10 live streamer in all of 2020. Um according to Polestar, you know, for, and I'm, and it's probably more like American numbers, but there were nights where we were getting 15, 20,000 people watching live on Reddit, um, you know, and 500, 800, a thousand on TikTok. Yeah. I mean the, the industry, the, uh, the industry uh, has been somewhat the, sorry, the, the, the means of uh, what am I trying to say here? It's been democratized. Everything's yeah. been democratized in the same way. And yes, it's from the same perspective as, uh, you know, making movies and, and films and stuff. And really, um, at the end of the day, what it is, it's a democratization of technology that allows anybody who's able to uh, cultivate and capture an audience to uh use tools ranging from things that are free to things that you know you pay a subscription for and have complete uh artistic independent entrepreneurial autonomy over what it is that they are think, doing so i think we've to bring it back to ticketmaster i think we've reached the stage where they're kind of anything's on the table I think that they know, like, uh, Consequence of Sound, which is probably one of my favorite music outlets, music news outlets. Um, they did an article about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, um, talking about how Live Nation and Ticketmaster are heading towards the antitrust suit from the DOJ. That's nothing new for our government. They broke up Bell South. They break up large, profitable companies all the time because at the end of the day, it's only profitable and beneficial for a very few amount of people. And, and it noticeably hurts a lot more. And in this case, even with the like expansion of technology, even with the diversification of revenue streams for artists, um, touring is still an integral part. You know, not every artist is like Jackie. Not every artist is, you know, able to put on live streams, able to diversify in that way. You know, they should be able to make a strong, profitable living off of their unique work and talent in person. So yeah. you've got a situation where if I had to guess it, if we have a DOJ that's worth a shit, you're going to see Ticketmaster and... Live Nation become separate entities. I mean, honestly, they could be broken up into several entities where they're regionally broken up. Well, you know? we have the state. This is what's literally happening right now in 
with you know between SAG and um, between SAG and the WGA, where they're they're at a you know we're at this insane crossroads where uh, you know AI along with a few other things AI and streaming really they're two separate issues that are both happening at the same time where you have these insane mega monopolies kind of similar to what Ticketmaster and Live Nation have done where they've become the only business uh, game in town and they have they own all means of production and distribution and therefore because there's no competition they can basically do whatever the fuck they want and i remember um i remember when there was a class action lawsuit against ticketmaster um about 2009 2010 i want to say and there was a settlement i didn't even know it was a part of it there was a settlement where i was allowed to get i was offered free tickets to a list of events but the hoops that they made you jump through yeah. they're doing it right now jeff that's the same they have, thing they have summer ticket contests and giveaways and they're doing all of these things yeah those are ticket contests like, where you're in competition i'm talking about you know like these are it's not a contest it's a like discounted summer of tickets, which is insane, insane, because you're essentially taking the profit out of the artist to make yourself yeah. look better. But anyway, let me bring it back because you make a good point. There's no the Ticketmaster. There's no end to the, like this, but being broken up with Live Nation. It's, there's no, there's no possible other outcome because they've got their hands just right on the throat of the industry, at least on the section that they control. So I think what's happening right now is they're trying to get everything they can in from a profit standpoint, like that receipt I showed you, I posted where it showed yeah. a facility fee and a service fee. That's blatant. That's yeah. blatant predatory behavior. It's just double dipping for That's no reason. That they wouldn't even they, they wouldn't have wanted the bad press for. They literally but can just been, make shit up. But they've been going through the ringer with the press for what two three years straight now. So I think at this point they're like fuck it. If we're going to get beat over the head anyway for the dirty practices that we're already doing, might as well push the envelope and i think that's what we're seeing right now with all these extra fees the uh i mean i don't even really buy here's the thing i generally i can't remember the last time i bought you know there are a few other services there's like ticket web there's like a couple of things uh brown paper tickets i guarantee you brown paper is is a subsidiary of one of them that's what happens and here's the other thing oh. here's the thing that people don't understand about venues even if do you know how like a venue, for example, become gets like brown paper bag or someone like that to be the ticketing service? Brown paper bag goes to them and basically says, here's a hundred thousand dollars. We want to be your tick exclusive ticket provider for the next however many years. That's it. Isn't that fucked up? I mean, yeah, all of it's fucked up, but you know, they go to an independent one... venue and they drop a shit ton of cash in their lap, a successful independent venue. Yeah, and then like any sort of VC, they strip mine it, they they uh, get the most they can out of it, and by the end of it, the people that pay the most are the artists and the fans. You know, I think that 
one a great sort of case study of what you know i hope would could and would happen is you really got to look at the record companies in the 90s and from you know i don't know when you would want to start this sort of a case study but like let's say let's just pick a year let's start with like 1994 through 2005 just that 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 decade alone where CDs no let's 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 actually take it back a little further let's make it to the year 2000 where CDs could cost as much as 1899 for like mm-hmm. 12 songs yeah. and generally speaking because it was still a single oriented business it is again today but for, in a different way for different reasons but like uh basically um singles had sort of gone out of fashion in the late 90s despite still being popular on MTV and the radio and stuff. And instead of buying singles, people were buying the whole album. Mm -hmm. They were buying the whole album for one, maybe two songs. And generally not always, but so many times, especially with some of those one hit wonders where the album was just weak in the eighties, the one hit wonder would have a single, a seven inch, whatever. And would do crazy sales on the single and maybe not, maybe the album sales would be significantly less. It's like the record industry realized, let's not emphasize singles. We're not going to put out single, you know, we remember the single CDs, the CD singles on the CD cassettes. It's like, let's not emphasize those anymore. Let's instead focus on pushing the whole album, which again, 1599, 1699. Used in there that is just insane. If you think about it, one hit wonder, let me let me put let me pull the curtain. Oh, wait, back. hold on, hold on. Let me finish no, my no, point before you get there. Before you get there, let me just finish my point, You're and making, then okay. we'll go back to that. The to finish my initial point, what I what I'm trying to say is, and how how it relates to Ticketmaster, is the notion that eventually what happened was technology caught up to the record industry. Like a great example of this. Side note, great example of this was. Remember compilations, you'd see the commercials, you know, soft rock. Now that's what I call music. Mm-hmm. Why did those compilations exist in the first place? Because everybody wanted all of the hit songs to be on one consolidated disc. Why? Because if you wanted a CD, not a tape, if you wanted a CD with all your favorite songs, you had to get it professionally distributed by the company CD Burners. For your home did not exist. The technology did not exist. Napster did not exist. The moment that Napster came into view, the yeah, moment you had that people burn, you had mixtapes. You had mixtapes, but I'm saying, I'm talking about CD, the, the, the compilation business was a booming business because what it was doing was commercially consolidating all of these songs into one disc for you. It was like basically a professional industry around you know um right but it was all through the same rights holders everyone on that he had the same publishing company and record label i guarantee it but there was a market sure but there was a market but there was a market there was a consumer market that was like i like this general genre of like soft rock i like air supply and whatever blah, blah 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 at like the supermarket muzak that you'd hear like I like this general genre. Here's a CD that has all of the hits and I can listen to this. And then what happened? Those died out because all of a sudden I can now rip and 
and burn my own CDs. I don't have to do mixtapes anymore. I could do an actual CD because a mixtape is a very sort of like, it's like a craft. It's like a home craft sort of thing. It's like, here's a professional CD that I burned in my bedroom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same thing with Napster. Napster comes along. Streaming comes along. All of a sudden, the karma of those record companies is is they're wrought with karma. Basically, they price gouged the consumer market, and the but response only for was a short period of time because then all of those they got greedy. It was only like five years that the record companies were hurting. Maybe not even that because. As soon as they restructured, Apple, but it was never the same, Lou, and they were never making the money that they were. Oh, you need to look up the numbers, my friend. You I need mean, to look up the numbers. It's never been more profitable to be in the music industry. It is multi, multi, multi billion dollar industry now, making I more mean, money. Yeah, no, no, it's making sure. more money than it ever has. Ever has. Yeah, but I'm talking specifically from CD sales. I'm talking about. But it's still the music. You're talking about the distribution of music, the physical right. entity of it doesn't matter. The actual music itself is more profitable than it's ever been, and it's been throttled. That's so. Getting back to what I was trying to say, the oh, wait, wait, let me finish. I have to finish my point. You finish. I have to point. finish my point. Fucking point for twenty minutes. Yes, he won't let me finish. So here's the final point. The final point is to bring it back to Ticketmaster. Something Ticketmaster. is going to come along that is like Napster and is going to fuck. Live Nation Ticketmaster up the coast without it any already loop. has. It already has. You, you can't you can't pen in musicians. You can't prevent house concerts and garage shows and parking lot shows and park shows and festivals and like weird warehouse shows. Like you can't you can never stop those. In the same way you can't stop, you couldn't, they couldn't stop mixtapes in the same way they couldn't stop. Right. But that's burning. not the market share. That's not the big picture market share, the way that like the rest, that's not the big but it's a different game. It's a different game. It's not the game that I play. I, my my full-time job is in the music industry, but my lane isn't anywhere close to Lizzo and Taylor Swift and Beyonce, they have whole struct infrastructures set up that don't affect us. Like this Ticketmaster. No, I know. I'm just saying not- in general, though, I'm saying in general, something is going to come along and and fuck Ticketmaster in the worst way where they're bit what they're doing right now and the way that they operate and the way that they control will be taken away from them for good. And those service yeah, and fees will be. Department. The Justice yeah. Department is going to break them up into, I'm assuming, regional ticket and promotion companies. That's my guess. But it won't, it doesn't matter. They could literally, right now, people don't understand. Like, city governments put on shows, local yeah. promoters put on shows. Like, there are so many entities that have the financing, have the space, have the gear. There's, I mean, even outside of cities like Austin, you know, I'm talking to this guy who's setting up uh, a music grant and event system in Davis, California, which is like outside of Sacramento. It's where UC Davis is. It's a college town, but they've got a downtown. They've got a cool scene and they're going to have live shows. Ticketmaster has no, nothing to do with it. You know, like that's my point. Like they can't bottle ambition, you know? So like the DOJ can break up Ticketmaster, but, and, they probably will. And Ticketmaster can think that they've got the stranglehold because they have these 
these venues. They have these plots of land, but it's like real estate and VC holders having lots of business and office suites. Like if nobody wants to go to it, it's just hollow, empty, you know, shitty lots. And that's, that's to me what Ticketmaster is staring down the barrel of. Like you look at like Eric Badu. Eric, did you see that video of Eric Badu? Like, what is it, a week ago? Nope. On stage, she's on a big arena tour. And on stage, uh, she said, you know, she's happy to be there, but she's losing money. They didn't sell enough tickets to justify the show. And I think a lot of that has to do with people don't want to pay these fees, right? Like, imagine you've got a choice between paying $200 and then $100 in fees, plus parking, plus overpriced food, right? And then you have $20, $6 of fees, $3, 3 to $20 of parking. Let's say it's like valet situation. You haven't reached the cost of the first ticket for the elite headliner, but somebody like Jackie, you know, less than 80 bucks, you've got a show that's going to light you on fire. And now with the internet being the way it is, Someone like Jackie can show that. You know what I mean? That was always the kind of the hard part with technology. Even like when I got into managing like 10 years ago, almost. Part of the, the, the issue was being able to really showcase that you should show up. You know what I mean? Yeah. But cell phones weren't shit. You know, you really needed camera equipment. You needed audio equipment. You needed like financial investment basically now there's equipment like like we just bought a 360 camera uh yeah those are cool are you, what how what is your i remember when the pandemic first started and i was i was following a little bit and i saw that you guys are going live a lot hey, hold on, hold on. You, my buddy from uh facebook uh from uh catch a can alaska said hey what up matt that's awesome southeast alaska it's amazing you've never seen <laughs> salmon bigger Oh, I like salmon. Oh, my God. Amazing. And it's the halibut. It's amazing. Sorry. Also, hello, everyone else in the chat. <laughs> I didn't mean to single anyone out. Um, ticket master, ticket mistress. That's great. Uh, yeah, I, just think, Kevin. I just think that it's not. You can't pin down something that it's not. Pin downable. I don't know if that makes sense, but. They're digging themselves a hole they'll never be able to, to come out of is basically what I'm saying. Like, you can't throttle. Like, we're in a worse space, I would say, digitally as a music scene than we are in the touring scene. Because you have Apple, you have Spotify, you have Tidal, you have Amazon Music, you know? But you don't really have... Uh, it's just now getting to the point where it's more democratized in that area. Wait, you know Matt John? Is that who you were saying? No, Matt Hamilton. Oh, Matt Hamilton. I can't see. Oh, Matt Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, I got it, got it. Okay. I was um, confused there for a bit. But you don't have... It's just like places like Bandcamp, which just got bought up by a giant company, so that sucks. But... There aren't a lot of independent digital sales places, you know what I mean? Right. That are fair. Like Apple's cut is like 30%. It's always like, been 
right since the beginning. That's terrible. Why do? Why do you? Why? Since what about iTunes? Thirty percent. You're not paying thirty percent of the cost to record, mix, and master this. No, shit. it's 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 all it's it's thirty percent to be in the marketplace to to be on under their in infrastructure. It's that's the way it's been. It's been the same. There's so many places. There are so many places that that are like that. But what's interesting about Spotify, and again, you know, Spotify gets um, demonized by a lot of musicians. They really, a lot of musicians. It's a very tender subject. Not happy with Spotify and the way that they conduct their business. And while I do 100% think that artists should, first of all, I mean the the royalty rates need to be higher for artists on Spotify. But I think artists, a lot of artists like focus on the wrong aspect of the problem. And, you know, going back to talk about how like it's a multi-billion dollar industry today, the, the, the way that the record companies have survived in part is that they are still reaping in. They're still middlemanning between Spotify yeah, and the artists. Yeah, yeah they still they also owned controlling uh, interest for a while in Spotify, like right. huge but, major labels. And they're also hoovering up the same way Ticketmaster was, and, and slash Live Nation were hoovering up independent venues. And you'll see, you've seen it in the news. Some haven't made big, big news, but a ton of legacy artists are selling their catalogs. Like Lil Wayne sold his catalog, which included right. Minaj tracks, including right. break tracks. Bob like Dylan, tracks. Neil Young, all these guys are are cashing out their royalty right. against so their future. All of that Spotify money that they generate, all those millions of streams, that's all going back now to who just bought the uh, the catalogs. And it reminds me to bring it back to Chicago. It reminds me, and this is you know what's funny? Uh, TikTok. Uh, somebody made a TikTok about this recently, just like bringing it up. But do you remember when we were living there and Mayor Daly sold the the uh, uh, parking meter rights for a billion dollars? Do you remember that? Uh, I don't. I was so not it following was like, that. It's, that's pretty fucked up. It was like it was like his last. It was his last term. Yeah. People don't know that Mayor Daly was like royalty, not in a good way, like. The son it, of a how about how about legacy, not royalty? He was like a legacy. Well, call, let's call it royalty. Let's call. Oh uh, yeah, it okay. Actually, royalty. yeah, royalty. Fine, fine. Anointed people that uh, that didn't do anything to get there and held the seat right. For way yeah, yeah, yeah. That is royalty. That is royalty. Yeah. Uh, for like a hundred years, a hundred year lease for a billion dollars for a city, for a city as big as Chicago, their parking meters. These motherfuckers. Got their money back, and I want to say it was like three or four years. And it's crazy. Here we are, ten years after that, another eighty years to go, and Chicago gets nothing. And that to me feels like when these artists, like Lil Wayne, all the way to up to to over to Bob Dylan, it feels like that exact same scenario. Like you're getting two hundred million dollars now, but hip hop is one of the biggest genres of music. That's not ever changing. You've Lil Wayne has made hits for decades at, at this point. That's an heirloom. That's that's something I, that I do agree. I do agree. I the counter, the one counter, like for instance, I think 
trying to remember what who who sold their their stuff for 300 million recently it was somebody i'm trying to remember a big name i know sting sold his shit all right let's just say let's use the the number 300 million because i remember reading that but i don't remember who the artist was let's say it was sting for 300 million and let's divide 300 million by it was sting okay so let's say that let's divide 300 million by you know 30 years and again i don't want to speak ill for sting but like you know i mean how long is sting gonna last is sting gonna last yeah, another 30 sure. years i think so the-, the my issue though isn't that these people are giving up their individual wealth it's more so it's consolidating all of these resources under one umbrella so all of the music that's getting placed in tv and film and advertisement and all of the music that's getting placed on all of these playlists by these streaming companies, it's not independent artists, it's not up-and-coming artists, it's not artists that are even signed to mid-majors, it's artists that are signed to venture capitalist funds. It's consolidating power under one umbrella that's so formidable, it's like, okay, you win. I mean, the only way, the only way to, the only other option if you're if you don't find your way into that system the only other option is to be an independent artist with an entrepreneurial to be an independent artist with an entrepreneurial spirit who has both the following or has a uh, like you know an audience and has uh, a knowledge and ability to wield the the democratized democratized technology to earn a living and you know I, well, let, me I, give I, some, let me give you some inside baseball on that because that's you're, you're describing me yeah the best thing about being an independent in the independent scene is all of these large entities are cruise ships they turn and it's six months after they probably should have whereas us we're speedboats we're in and out of trends and able to pounce on things at a turn you know, it's what's kept us profitable. It's what's kept us ahead of the game. You know, like with the streaming shit, Jackie was on it in 2017. She was live streaming. She she got a Mevo. Do you? I think it still exists. But like the personal, one of the first like yeah. streaming cameras. I remember she, those. She set that up at Rockwood in uh, New York, or at Rockwood Music Hall. I think it's on the Lower East Side. Uh, but that gave us an edge. Because of that, because of, of, of us, it basically gives us the opportunity to try out and be a part of the wave on a lot of things, right? Right. So because we were on that wave, you know, she it led three years later to, in the pandemic, we didn't have to learn. She didn't have to get comfortable, like, performing a full set to an empty room or to me, you know? Uh, and because we got that edge, you know, it it's spirals into so many opportunities and that's that's stuff you don't have with record labels you don't have with larger you've got these formulaic things that you can feel lack soul you know what i mean yeah like i mean um yeah which brings me back to what i was saying before so are are you guys where are you right now with with the live stream shows are you doing it how are you able to were how, were you you were monetizing it during the pandemic or you get what sure. is you going through like facebook or like what what exactly is your process so 
uh, we do live streams now. We did a marathon. We actually did. We used a, you know, restream. Yeah, I hate it, but yeah, yes, it sucks, but it it's sucks. great for pre, um, pre-recorded footage. So for the, like okay. the beginning, the end of the spring, early summer, we took, um, like 40 straight days of those live streams that we did in 2020 and rebroadcast them. And Jackie hung out in the chat and talked to people and rewatched these live streams from like a pretty crazy period of time, you know, but in originally, okay. So to, to get to the revenue, Facebook doesn't really have an original idea. You know, they just sort of from everyone else. Yeah. Their system is pretty much exactly like YouTube. You got pre-roll, mid-roll. You can sort of adjust when they want to go in. We only do like one or two five-second videos before and nothing in. Because once you're in it, you don't really want to be pulled out of it. You know what I mean? And uh, their pay rates are pretty similar to YouTube. Oh, Facebook? Mm-hmm. Don't they, they do like a star system. I, I have it, but I've never really made any money with it. Oh, that's separate. So we actually had to get uh we had to adjust our our finances on that I had to adjust the payout on it recently because they were they weren't really giving us a ton of money and i was like we're we're getting way more views than this i fixed it and a very large sum finally came through from like the back pay of ad revenue um but yeah it's from they it's two separate systems their little star system and then the ad roll um like right right the ad roll system um, and that's been great you know that's so essentially you lay it out financially pre-pandemic right that's the line of de demarcation for me and i think for a lot of artists and artist managers is in the independent realm um a lot of revenue came from shows majority of financial revenue came from shows uh with a smattering of live streaming revenue or streaming revenue, like from Spotify and stuff. Um, some online merch sales, you know what I mean? Just like not enough to pay the bills, but a part of the pie, the pandemic hits. So you lose three fourths of your pie and it really forced for us. It forced us to do something that we should have been doing. And I kind of knew it and we knew it, but when you're in that, that hamster wheel of got to book shows, got to get shows, you know, it's hard to break out of that wheel to do, to take the time it takes to set up an, an, an internet ecosystem, which is essentially what you're doing. Uh, but the pandemic, we all had nothing but time. So we went from like a merch sale. I'm not even kidding. Like, I don't even know if it, it reached five figures in like four years online for mm. Jack cumulative, you know, like less than 10 grand to six figures since then um, in merch sales, you know, and it's funny. We, I didn't even know we were doing it, but we were doing a lot of the things that like major labels, we essentially created a Jackie Benson label. And that's what we're calling it, by the way, Jackie Benson record label. <laughs> um, Generic. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Uh, but the idea was that we kept diversifying our merch. So we wouldn't do large batches of single t-shirts. We would do cool t-shirts that changed. The designs changed. She would release more music more frequently, revisit music. You know, music, because the technology doesn't become linear. It's more like movie and TV where you can reboot things, reimagine 
singular bodies of work that came before. You know what I mean? And I don't just mean remixes. I mean, like, you've played the music for five years together, and the live sound is so much different than what was originally recorded in the studio. It's not a great representation of that song. You know what I mean? So we were releasing music in full albums. We still are. And then every, almost every quarter. Now it's, 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 it's twice a year uh, for new albums. But it was new content. It was, it was diversifying the revenue stream. So we had online merch, streaming revenue, video streaming revenue, which I would say is probably our biggest, biggest along with merch, our biggest growth markets. And then now we're back in touring. So whereas the pie was one color takes up three-fourths of it and then the rest, it is a rainbow now. And I think that is one of the biggest threats to Ticketmaster outside of this DOJ suit. Hmm. Like independent artists were forced during the pandemic to diversify the revenue streams. We're not, we weren't, we're not unique in this. And the less you have to rely on touring, the less you're more likely to take deals at Ticketmaster Live Nation clubs that don't give you fair deals. Well, like, you know, you also have to deal with, uh, I mean, when you're when you're you also if you're depending on the venue, the venues are also trying to take like a merch cut. I was literally just about to say that. Yeah, yeah, it's all fucked up. Uh, now on the merch side, Jackie, uh, she she just did a big manifesto about this. Um, what about merch cuts from yeah. Lab for, yeah? She wrote a big manifesto it's about wrong. this because wrong. If you like, we were dealing with a club recently where they were taking thirty percent which is insane. There and should then, be a trade-off. There should be a trade-off. If you take 30% of our merch, then we should get 30% of your fucking liquor sales. Fuck exactly. you. But they never <laughs> do. They never do that. Here's, but here's, Fuck the, you. I didn't even get to the most uh, like audacious part of it. We brought the merch. We paid for the manufacturing and design of the merch, right? Yeah. We bring it. We pay for transportation because you got to pay for the bag fees of that merch. It's not cheap. Yeah. We brought our own seller. So what are you providing? We spent all of the marketing or the, the lion's share of the marketing getting people to this show. So what the fuck are you bringing outside of a, a roof? Nothing. A roof. That's it. You should be paying us. It's true. It's true. And, you know, speaking of marketing and all that stuff, it could be really, really, really sticky. It's a sticky situation. And you know what else is sticky? stickers and the official sponsor <laughs> of this channel is riot stickers and if you are a band if you're in a band or if you make movies and you're at a festival um you're gonna need uh to put your logos and your imagery on a surface that could be stuck places where people will discover it and you're not going to find a better deal than right here at the from his channel where you can get a thousand stickers for 79 dollars you go to riotstickers.com backslash from us. Link is in the description. Uh, we look at all the stuff they print. They even print stuff like banners. Sharpie Riot, CEO of Riot Stickers, printed up this wonderful banner for us. And like I said, you're not going to find a better deal. These stickers are seven cents a sticker. Thousand stickers, okay? They have printed on vinyl, which makes them waterproof. They have a UV coating to protect from the sun. Guaranteed to last a minimum of five years outdoors in the elements. You can't go wrong with riotstickers.com. So check out the deal today. Get a thousand stickers for $79.
and and do 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 what you need to do. Let's play the quick less than Jake theme song from the guy from less than Jake for riotstickers.com. So now you know where to go, riotstickers.com. Yeah, Riot, yes, yeah, Riot Stickers has been the, the the sponsor of our channel for close to two years now. We we love Riot Stickers. Yeah, it's it gets stuck in everybody's. In fact, um the recently the genre blast film festival. On this? I'm sorry. Do I get stickers for being on this? Um, if you order them from riotstickers.com, go to riotstickers.com backslash front huh? for the best huh? deal ever, ever. Seven cents a piece. Wow, look at Seven that. Seven cents that. a piece. You can't wow. go wrong. A thousand stickers. Let me tell you something. Waterproof. It is easy to stick those stickers places. They he said he sent me a box of those stickers, man. I stick them everywhere. Listen, God, that's, we're talking legacy. They're made yeah. of vinyl, they're gonna live forever. Well past when your body turns to dust. Wow. You put that <laughs> sticker on something, you get your own sticker, you put it on a pole. Wow, it'll outlive you. Wow. Do, do you know who that is? Do you recognize that face? Is that that's me, motherfucker? I mean, you've used that logo forever since the gallon. I know, but I put no, I had never used that logo. Oh, are we gonna talk? Can we talk about the gallon challenge? Or is that I mean, I don't know. It's pretty funny. It's it's a funny story. I I mean, I wasn't gonna bring it up, but you referenced it. So well, I did. Well, I mean, what's the story? You know, it's not a story. It's just that you know, Louie and I used to do silly things back in the day, and like fifteen years ago. Yeah, like one time, him and our friend Doug came over to my house, and we walked over to Seven Eleven, and I had my little video camera, and we we decided to do that gallon challenge, gallon and yeah. yeah, except and Louie Louie convinced. I don't know if you convinced us. You sold us. How about that? You sold us on doing whole milk. Because you decided I, to do whole milk. No, I did chocolate milk. Yeah, but it was chocolate whole milk. Right, but I I don't know that. Oh no, I didn't do whole milk. I did two percent no. actually. Yeah, and you lasted like two, three glasses. That's not true. I last. I got through the. the I got through tape, like half of it. The tape is still there. It I is still got, there. You <laughs> got through like three fourths of it. I mean, Doug got through all the way, but he was dying. That's probably the funniest. He thing made it ever. to the end. He made it to the end, and he, he made it so long that it turned to cottage cheese in his stomach. It did, and, and I'll never forget what you said to him. About, you said the power of Christ compels you. It was, it was projectile. It, it was, was projectile vomit. It was, it was beautiful, also, man. We were on the side of the road in like a Chicago neighborhood where people were like, it was yeah. like a busy time of day. People were driving by. 
it was right off of uh you don't make uh, Chicago like that anymore. Not. Yeah, no, that was that was a long time ago. I don't even think that 7-Eleven still exists. I'm Probably sure. not, but that footage does, and I'm oh, so yeah. grateful. You can't see it anywhere. It's private now. What? Should I make it public? No, I kept it Why private. private I, it? Why? I don't know. I you know, I don't know. It's hilarious. All um, right. I, and, and you know the best part was I used the music from Dawn of the that. Dead. You did. <laughs> did. It was amazing. Yeah. And we were we met those weird uh girls. Those girls. And then we got chased off by the, the guy because he was rightfully like weirded out. Yeah, I mean we were like sketchily we were sketchily I actually uh, saw Danzig that year. Isn't that funny? Did you really? Yeah, me and Jack, uh, my old roommate Jack, we went and saw Danzig at uh, Congress. It was, Aragon, it was at the Aragon Ballroom. It was like 2009, 2010. Great venue for Danzig. He is so weird, man. I guarantee he hasn't changed. Every, before every song, he would have this long rambling monologue. And then like without out of nowhere, the music would start. So he'd be like, you ever walk through a graveyard and you just really like feel like you saw your dad? And then it was just like... <laughs> That's was, Uncle Glenn for you. It was weird. <laughs> it was weird. Hold on, I'm looking for the gallon challenge right now. I'm looking it up. I'm pretty <clears throat> sure that it's it's unlisted. Wow. It was yeah, that was that was special. That was a special uh and you remember the uh back to the future party that you guys threw? That yes, the fun. party that was at my house. Yes, I do. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, we used to throw themed parties all the time. Our parties were epic. I, I was back in town for that one. And you know what I remember so fondly about that party was that um, uh, the week before I was, or maybe it was a few days before I was in a supermarket where I saw a giant hamburger cake. It was cake that was shaped like a hamburger. And I was like, fuck, I need that cake in my life. And I walked off and I was just like, whatever. And then sure enough, I, we get to your house and you, you would just, you, that's the cake that you had picked up. And I was like, yeah. I was, I'm, I'm in the right place. Like this Wait. is special that that was there. And then everybody carved up pumpkins, with machetes. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our old, we, we used to break our old roommate shit in the alley because he like moved out and didn't pay like 400 bucks for utilities that he owed. And then he never came and got a shit. So we just broke it in the alley. Did I know this roommate or was this Ryan? Yeah. He goes by pants now, I'm pretty sure. If oh, okay. I think I know that guy. Is he a yeah, blonde he, hair? He had blonde hair? No, he had like balding brown hair. All right, then I didn't I don't, like, I don't think I knew be, him. like everyone we knew except for us back then was trying to do like Chicago oh, improv. Remember that? Ryan. I know nope. I know exactly who you are talking about. I remember him. And he had like a messenger bag, right? Yeah, I mean everybody did back then. Right? Yeah, but he had a messenger bag. I remember. Yeah, I remember that guy. No, I totally yeah, remember him now. Dude, the kind of tall, kind of gangly. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. 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 yeah, I remember that guy. He was weird. He. I could picture his face. When Man, he... it's crazy. Time flies. You know, you just blink and you're like an elder millennial. You know, it's like it's fucking weird, man. You have multiple children. Me, I, I do have multiple children. This That's is weird. True. You're like a child bizarre. bride. I'm any of my nothing friends, like a child bride, but, <laughs> any, but yes. any time my friends have kids, I'm like, babies having babies. Yeah, you know? it's it's a weird fucking real. thing. 
You know, it, it doesn't feel like we're adults. Yeah, that is absolutely the feeling too when when you have when you have kids. I mean, Lou, should I just like play this video right now because I can? Should I just do a no. list? No. Put it in the. All right, I'll send it to you, and you can watch it privately. No, you can put it in the comments, but these people right. subjected to this that is, right now. All right, this is an unlinked video. You guys, this is unlisted. What you're seeing, if you Honestly, want to see me when I wave. I really feel like you would have thrived. Like 2009, Jeff would have thrived on 2023 TikTok. Absolutely. I was doing TikTok before TikTok was TikTok. Like this video, if you had split it up into like three parts, oof, that would have been actually TikTok. probably could put this video on TikTok now. I might as well. Like, why not? I have a TikTok. I do use it. Yeah, I, I mean, do TikTok. I mean, why my not? My only concern, yeah, is if it hits Doug's FYP. Why? Oh, you think Doug would not enjoy that? Yeah, I don't know. Could, well, I could check with Doug. I'll check with Doug before I do it. I check. Oh, was last time you talked to Doug? How you, you oh, talked to Doug? Long time. Years ago. I was just talking to Jandick uh, last night, Chris Jandick. Yeah, you remember him? He of course. He and I. Yeah, he, he lives I in Arizona now, right? Uh huh. He, yeah. I, me, him, and Danielle, and a few other people, we play Fortnite. Like I'm gonna probably play with him after we get off here. Uh, Tell him I say hello. I will. Tell him. Uh, all he saw Doug. We were just talking about Doug because he saw him not too long ago. But yeah, I haven't talked. I mean, shit, 15, twelve years. I, I've spoken to him several times, several times over the years. I have. I no. haven't spoken to him, and I probably haven't spoken to him about ten years. But I spoke to him a couple times. Oh, hopefully he's doing all right. You know, but I. You know what? The last time I spoke to him, he was doing great. He's doing fantastic. That's what Jandick said too. So maybe he would find this video funny because it is very funny. It's a it's an amazing video. And you know, again, like we you know that Dawn of the Dead music, the goblin score, where it's like the yeah, the zombie the dun, dun. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just us gu guzzling milk. Uh you can yeah, see it right now. Life. If you want to see Baby From Us, that the, the link is in the, the live Baby chat. Baby all of us, yes. Um, but yeah, that was that was a different time when my when I still had my wore that leather jacket every single day. Every day. And you were friends with Rusty. Yeah, I still talk. Actually, I still talk to Rusty. Uh, well, I have forgotten. Okay. <laughs> I, you're going to have to fill me in on that, that man, one. But That man gave us bed bugs. He slept one night on our couch. and what gave the us fuck? Yeah. Okay, this and is we, really listen to, me, listen to me. Listen to me. I didn't bow to those bed bugs. Neither did Danielle or Jack. You know how everybody throws out all of their furniture? We yeah. paid 800 bucks for the exterminator. And I'm like, we paid 800 bucks. Listen, we're not getting, we're like 22. What are we going to buy yeah. furniture? I even, yeah. I remember I tried to call the insurance companies because we had rented insurance. And I was like, would you cover me throwing out all of my, our shit? And they were like, no. And I was like, well, then I guess we're not throwing out all of our shit. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that that had happened though. That's fucking crazy. We had one of it was one of our parties, and he wanted to crash on the couch, and we were like, "All right." And then fucking a week later, everybody had bed bugs in their room. Jack so, had it the worst, so it's slightly my fault, like <laughs> a little bit, little my fault. Jack, 
you probably, if you owe anyone an apology, it's probably Jack because he was tormented for a long time. We also used to <laughs> just tell, can you just tell him I'm sorry if no. you speak to him? Uh-huh. <laughs> Why can't you do my dirty work for me? Uh, no, we just to, tell him. We used to, we, uh, we had this running gag where if any of us got up, like either me or Danielle got up, uh, in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom because we, it was all, we had a three bedroom, uh, Kind of like shotgun style, you know, the, like the typical. I, I remember. I remember. Well, I mean, no townhouse has ever been, but basically, they lived in a Chicago townhouse and they were elevated. I think they were on a second or third floor, maybe. Well, yeah, right? there was like the basement. The, we were like the first floor, and then there was a second floor. The landlord lived above us. She was like a forty-eight-year-old divorcee. <laughs> divorcee, like four, feet, four feet tall. Her name was Diane. We used to literally like. Put our hands to the ceiling and go, Diane. Oh shit. Um, but anyway, so we had this running gag while Jack lived with us, where we convinced him that he was haunted, like that the apartment <laughs> was haunted. So, like anytime that any of us got up to go to the bathroom, like at two, three in the morning, we would like push his door open <laughs> or like tap on the wall or like outside of his room. <laughs> oh, it was great. We never told him. Man, those were what what crazy times. I didn't really, I truly 100% did not know that that had happened to you guys. And I'm kind of surprised that you never told me about it. You probably like, just blocked it out. What, what, I mean, what year was that? That had to have been 20, 2009, 2000. Okay. So maybe it was, uh, could it have been? Because I was, I left, I left in 2009. So, if it happened in 2010, I mean, no, I it, was, it was one of our house parties. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder, up, I wonder if I was even there. Jack was sleeping on a military cot, too. Oh, my God. I used to sleep on a couch. I slept on a couch pretty much the entire time I lived in Chicago, and I loved it. It was very comfortable, and I slept what very was your old well. Roland? Name? Roland? Yeah, Roland. You talk to Roland, that guy? I still I still talk to Roland. Uh, we don't talk. We talk on occasion. We talk, um, you know, once in a blue moon. But, you know, when we talk, we talk for like three hours and he's like a big brother. You know, he, he, cool. he Roland was, he was the best chef? is the best. What was he like a chef? No, um, he was he went to Columbia uh, and yeah. he he was like in like media marketing or something. Wait, hold on. We're we're just holding these people hostage. No, we're not. <laughs> There's 13 people watching us right now. <laughs> like they're just like we're just like, oh, listen to we're our reminiscing. Listen. This is what the show is. This is the show. What we were talking about before was interesting, but it's like, you know, it's too technical jargon. This is just personal discussion. Can I tell you why I think grass yeah, is psychotic now? Can I tell you why I think grass is psychotic in all honesty? Do you want to know? Yeah, okay. Maybe. All right. So here's why grass is psychotic. I And I listen, I'm not, I can't take credit for this. I did not make this up. This is something that I saw and I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, the, the idea that you are basically like conforming like a bunch of different geo regions to have this, you know, homogenized fucking plant that doesn't like provide any like kind of service for anybody. It doesn't help animals really like the animals that live in those areas. Like squirrels don't give a shit about grass. What does a squirrel want with grass? 
Can't even Dude. wipe its ass with grass. Yeah, grass you know? is very much a boomer thing. It's such a fucking boomer thing. It's like rabbits. Okay, maybe rabbits kind of like grass, but like, you know, birds. Birds don't give a shit about grass. You know what we've been doing? Um, Clover. Fine, but here's my point. Here's my point. If you just let your, your yard grow, and don't try to seed grass and don't. And then here's the other thing. And this is the other crazy part. This is why it's psychotic. Not only are you maintaining and trying to keep this thing alive, this grass, like if you're in, in some parts of Arizona, they have grass. There's no grass has no business being in Arizona. And yet God. like, what the fuck? Why would you do that? And then here's the thing. You got to keep the grass alive. You got to water the grass. You got to hire someone to cut your grass. No There's sense. a whole industry. It is. There's a whole industry. It feels like a holdover. You spend hours. People spend hours and hours and hours of their life. Of their I life force. Right now is burned. But, but like, Louie, think about that. Think about when you get home it. from work, you could be writing a book. You could be playing music. You could be, you could be doing a million things. But you know what? You're like, Ah shit! I gotta cut the grass. Why? I kind of why feel like do you have to cut the grass? Just let it fucking though. grow. I let it like, grow. I feel like grass is the bar, though, for these people. Like, I feel like you're you're assuming too much for them. Like, these people are not going to be Stephen King. They're not going to be. You're not going to get. Uh, you're not going to get some masterpiece at like like that green grass. That's like, that's their achievement. I think that's what it is. But here's what's crazy about it. Then you, here's the other thing too. It's not just about what you think. It's about what everybody who lives around you thinks. So oh, it's yeah. like, if my grass is not uniform to your grass, then I'm going to feel self-conscious. So I have to drive myself, motivate myself to go and cut this grass. And I got to go to the store. I got to buy weed killer. You know, we, what is weed? What is the word weed? It's like what Shakespeare says about a rose, but what is a rose, but any other name? It's the same thing. A weed is designated a weed because it hurts the grass. So this invasive piece of shit grass, freeloading fucking grass that, that relies on subsidies. And I think fucking- a lot of dumb shit is dying with the people that prop them up. Like they God, blame us so for a ton of weird. shit. They blame millennials for a ton of shit. Yeah, of the engagement ring industry, and then we fucking complained that we were we were the complaining generation. We complained because we got the shit into the stick. But the reality is, let me tell you something too. My dad, he used to always fucking make me mow the fucking lawn, and I hated that shit. I was like, why? I think about all the fucking time that I wasted mowing that fucking lawn when I could have been doing other things. And you know what I realized? It's just it's a ritual that is a waste of time. It what harms you- the environment. It's fucking stupid. Let me let me give you a TikTok clip. Turn on turn on the TikTok camera right now. We are dealing with the fallout of leaded gasoline. We as adults, because they didn't get it out of gas until 1972, right in the prime development of a lot of boomers. I feel like we're still as millennials having to pick up the pieces of that. Like you talk to anybody that works in customer service and who are the most problematic people that they have to deal with. It's the same people that give a shit about a green lawn. You know, it's just like leaded gasoline burned away the ability to empathize with nature and, and, and human beings. 
but they literally, they're literally, they say, that's a weed. See that dandelion? Dandelions are like fucking medicinal. The dandelions do all sorts of good shit. You know what people will oh, tell my you? My friend, we could go dandelions down a rabbit hole. Dandelions are weeds. They have to be fucking mowed down. They have to clovers. be cut. Clovers. Like, clovers, right. We've been planting clovers. clovers. You don't have to mow them. The bees love them. You know, they don't need a ton of water. It's crazy what I basically, I feel like the millennial, our generation and Gen Z as well, we're the generations of undoing. Like we're, we're slowly picking apart all of these wasteful, inefficient traditions. Do you know why? Okay. Including you know the nine to five job, the nine to five job. Fuck yeah. Working in an office. Working in an office. Yeah. Do you know why? But let's go even simpler. Do you know why you don't put your elbows on the table? Because it's bad manners. Because that's what we're taught. But do you know where it started? The tables, when that was a thing, didn't have legs. They had a center post. Right. If you put your elbows on the table. Yeah, you tip the table. Tip the table. That's not a thing anymore. Yeah. So it's not bad manners for any other reason other than because. Like... I yeah. as an adult post probably 23 I stopped doing anything just because I reevaluate everything that was fed to me because most of it was white propaganda You have to unlearn so much as a millennial and going and other generations but just speaking for us Yeah taught so many things that weren't fucking true You don't need all these things you don't need green grass you don't need all of this you don't need to be shitty to the customer service people because they work for you they don't work for you they're trapped there they are your hostage for the limited experience they are perceiving you and you are perceiving them against their will for financial gain for financial survival but you know what happens louis if you stop mowing the, the lawn you know what happens if you stop mowing the lawn weeds grow the weeds, they're not weeds at all. They're the natural plants. When the natural plants come back, then the bees can pollinate. Then the fucking, all the little rodents that n- indigenously live, they get to, that. they're happy. Everybody's happy. And you know what the best part is? You don't have to mow the lawn. I got to tell you, I own a house, okay? And we got a lawnmower when we first moved in. And I mowed the lawn for about, six weeks and then one day i was mowing the lawn and i said what the fuck am i mowing this lawn for and that was the last time i ever mowed a lawn i have not mowed the lawn since i refuse to do it i fight with my wife about this sometimes she mows the lawn sometimes she pays she hires a gardener to mow the lawn and i fight her tooth and nail over it because i say i don't want the lawn mowed anymore i don't want it you're a brave man i've met your wife yeah I I believe that she could beat you in a fight. She probably could, but the point I is, that she could beat me in a fight. Well, I would never try to fight her, so it would never it would never happen. But I <laughs> I have definitely tried to wrestle her. She's very strong. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> uh, but, um, I, I agree, man. Yeah. You know, in Austin, we have like this. You can get like native garden designations where you can basically just plant like my partner's sister christina she's that's what she's doing to her lawn she's uh planting clovers and native texas plants that are way more water hardy exactly natural yard right Um, 
she doesn't have to she doesn't have to mow it. She doesn't have to do meticulous care. It looks so much better. So much better. So much better. It's like because you can't if you don't have the money and the resources and the time to keep up with what a green does, grass lawn demands. Does the best green grass look that good? It's like, oh, cool, a blank canvas. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. There's one benefit to green grass. I, now I'm going to sound like a contrarian because I will say there's one thing that's great about green grass, and it's this. When your grass is really healthy and thick and nice, it's really nice to just lie in the grass and stare at a blue sky. That's a nice thing to do. However, however, A, you can get a hammock, and hammocks are way better than green grass. That's number one. Number two, um, if you don't keep up with the upkeep, if you don't have the resources, if you don't have the time, your lawn is going to have brown spots. And so therefore you're going to have anxiety about why think about all the problems you're creating for yourself. Oh my God, the lawn doesn't look good. I have to keep up with this. Fuck. That's like, why? Right. Who fucking instilled this Get in it us? And forget it. You know, like fuck something that's going to last as long as riot stickers, vinyl stickers, seven cents right. a piece. That's right. Riotstickers.com. Always be plugging. Always be plugging. Always be plugging. Well, um, my friend. Yeah, uh, we it's it's about that time. And before we go, uh, you need to think of a a trivia question because we're we I have can... to give away a t-shirt cop. So yeah, gladly. Uh is there wait, any... wait, wait, wait. Hold on. let me read the rules one more time. I'm going to be doing a live show every single day. I'm going to be giving away a t-shirt. At the end of every episode, I will ask my trivia question. You will send your answer to fromismail at gmail.com. And the first person to answer correctly will be the winner. You give me your name, your address, and your t-shirt size. If you are outside of the continental United States, you will have to cover shipping and handling. Join us night after night where I will be doing t-shirt giveaways who doesn't like a free t-shirt i'm not gonna go easy on any of you i'm gonna ask really hard questions so be prepared okay now go ahead i got a potentially hard question is it something that people can search on the internet because that's a thing you're allowed to search on the internet you just gotta be the first part okay it's not gonna be easy it's not gonna be an easy search that's fine what movie did Ben Affleck star in the early 90s? I already know the answer. I know. <laughs> Most people that are film nerds like you, they'll get it immediately and they'll, they'll love it because it's a great piece of trivia. But what movie did Ben Affleck star in where he wasn't the star? Let's see. Uh, I don't like the way you're phrasing this question. Let me see if I can phrase it. What uh, movie did Ben Affleck... I have this problem every time I do the trivia question. I have the same what, problem, Louis. What what movie did Ben Affleck appear in without a speaking role in the early nineties? So, what? what do you don't know oh, the? Oh, with Paul Rubens, I'll give that. What okay. movie? Did Ben Affleck appear in with Paul Rubens where he had no lines? Now I definitely know what it is. 150%. Right. But even, even saying Paul Rubens is pretty. That's that was a good, that was a good hint because it allows you to search on the internet, but you really, you do have to do a little bit of homework in order to find out what it is. But I would say it's not a famous, you know, it's incredibly famous. It is, but not, 
to the I mean, it spawned a whole fucking, you know. No, but I'm saying franchise. his role. Oh, is ro- who? Who? Like, Paul Rubin's role, or that is a, a beloved. In fact, when he passed, people that love that movie. But I'm saying, in terms of his career, yeah. Oh, it's a it's 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 a minor role, right? Compared to what he's known for, for sure. Right. So it's I think movie. you know. No, it was good. I love that question. I love that you just pulled that out of nowhere. And I really would like to get you on a more movie centric show where we could talk movies because I think you'd be that's where you're really like built for. And that would be really fun. Listen, if you want to do a podcast that details the greatest cinematic movie of all time, we can do that. What Predator 2? See, I didn't even have to say it. (laughs) Only can we get Danielle has to be on it too. We'll get Danielle. Okay. In like 10 minutes when I sign on. Tell tell Danielle that she is cordially invited on my show. We could do it. We could do it next week if if everybody's open. She has an iPhone 7, so we're going to have to figure out a way to uh, get online. Yeah, that's going to be, and she lives in like Pennsylvania, where right. I don't know what her reception's like out there. Lancaster, Amish country. She's like, yeah, she's the in. As a matter of fact, the internet goes through yarn. She grew up with uh, a fellow filmmaking friend of mine, Mike Lombardo, who I met at a film festival. And then we realized, I forgot how we found that out. I think Danielle actually, uh, whatever. It was interesting, interesting uh, footnote, though. It's like, whoa. Um, music videos she was what she was in one of his music videos oh she was oh so you know mike lombardo no i've she told me the story oh (laughs) okay um all right this is the end of the show i want to thank louis so much for coming on it's so good to see him and talk with him and um we'll be back with a a discussion about predator 2 this is absolutely happening and uh you know what we'll do let's start a group text over it just because we that? I'm going to watch it. I'm going to go after, we, after this gets done. I'm going to watch it. Please. Please. I just watched it very recently. It's very fresh in my mind. Want some candy? Um, do you, uh, I was going to say, uh, are you on WhatsApp? <laughs> what? No. Why Why don't you? No, I was just saying we could get a group chat started and get like group the chat? coordinate. Yeah. 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 I'm on Discord, bro. I don't know what Discord is. I've never used it. What? I don't have a Discord. I do. That's not true. I, I signed up, but I've never used Discord. Wait, so can you create a Discord room where like the three of us can like talk and chat and stuff? Mm-hmm. Is that possible? Can we do that? Yeah. Danielle, use- Danielle actually has a Discord. I think it's her Discord's like Kathleen from accounting. Okay. Yeah, but I don't want to like intrude on her Discord. I'm just talking about a space where the three of us can talk. Well, yeah, but she has a Discord account. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, but so she uses Discord regularly. You you use Discord regularly? Like, that's your regular means of... For a lot of my video game friends, that's how we communicate. We, yeah, are, but, Minnesota, but, we are Minnesota goodbying these poor people. But but hold on a sec. I don't even know what that means. What's a Minnesota goodbye? It's when you say goodbye and then you talk to the person for another 45 minutes. Oh, like a yeah. Midwestern but, thing. You know who else I want to have on my show? We keep talking about it. Uh, Jocelyn. I really want to have Jocelyn on the show. Because that would be fun. Yeah, you know, she would love that. I'm sure she would. I'm sure you talked to Jocelyn. Was the last time you talked to Jocelyn? Long time. When was the last time time Obama's first presidency was? That's been a that's that's been a minute. That's been a minute. Um, 
All right, I'd like to thank Lou. Uh, Lou, hold on one second. We're going to say goodbye. Peace, hair grease. We'll see you next time.